The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four Welcome to Ranking Factors Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're taking a deep dive into the weeds and examining the technical content and external factors that impact your visibility. Joining us today are two of Search Metrics' best and brightest. Jordan Cooney is a world-renowned SEO strategist and the CEO of Search Metrics, Inc., and Marlon Glover is Search Metrics' content services team lead and one of our most savvy content marketers. And today, Jordan and Marlon are going to walk us through some of the most important content ranking factors. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash a w t okay on with the show here's my conversation with search metrics's own jordan cooney and marlon glover jordan marlon welcome to the voices of search podcast hey ben thanks uh looking forward to this conversation today yeah thank you for having us it's great to have you both here i want to dive into talking about Content, uh, how content is produced, how it's evaluated, and specifically how Google and the other SEO search engines evaluate and how it can impact your rankings. Hey, Marlon, let's let's start off with you. Can we just, you know, can we start off high level and just talk about the content journey? What's the right way to think about creating content that is optimized for rankings? Yeah, sure, Ben. Folks that have had any conversations with me in the past They've heard me use this phrase quite often, and I borrow it from from one of my colleagues here, uh, is that data is not the enemy of creativity. And oftentimes as content folks, we tend to fear getting too wrapped up into the data and the technology for developing our content strategies and our content that we're asking our writers to produce. So let me take you through this process of how we start with data, 
to truly inform the content that we create for our target audience and our prospective customers. To start, one of the first things that we look at is the consumer's demand uh, and the questions that they're asking. So the demand for products and their demand for answers, they're looking to be taught. And so we can use our data to determine truly how much they want to be taught based off of the search volume. So I think it starts first with looking at, you know, the people who are close to those customers, the people that are having conversation every day to determine uh, what questions are being asked throughout the sales process. Can we determine based off of the questions that customers are asking every day, what is the demand for that data? What is the search volume? What is the seasonality around that data? What is the true intent? And speaking of intent, the second stage that we look at is once we've determined those search terms, those keywords, what is the intent of those keywords, right? I often go back to a piece of content that Google themselves had created. You know, it was around the four micro moments. Those four micro moments are uh, want to buy, right? Those are the ones that we're most familiar with, but also includes want to know, want to go, and want to do. Those four micro moments from Google can really help us determine exactly what the intent of a prospective customer, target audience may be, but also how we should be guiding the content strategy. And then the last piece uh, in my content production is how can we make this piece of content as comprehensive as possible, right? So what are the factors? What are all the elements that are going to go into making this content compete with the top ranking URLs for that same search query? So here's what I'm hearing from you is that there are really three stages in the content production phase that you're going through to make sure that your content is going to have a big enough audience and going to hit the mark in terms of meeting their needs, right? First, you go through the data process and making sure that there is a need for your content. Then you're looking at the different formats of content and trying to establish a connection between the type of questions or information that the user is going through and trying to create the right format of content. And then you're going through a production process to make sure that you're making that content as comprehensible as possible. And as I, I say all of this, it sounds more complicated than I think it needs to be, just hearing myself say it back to you. So let's give a real-world example here. We all talked in pre-production for this podcast about how at points in our life, we've all had a bad back. <laughs> Talk to me about how you would go through the process of creating a content strategy that maps from the data you can collect about bad backs into you know different formats of content and then making sure that you're creating as much valuable content as you can. Yeah, happy to. And um, this is a very relevant topic, as you mentioned before, since... Um, Something that we're dealing with at the moment right now. So all three of us, we all have serious back pain. I had back surgery a couple of years ago. And oddly enough, I am the one that has the least amount of back pain right now. I feel bad for you guys, but but let's let's solve some problems and create some content that not only helps the SEO community, but the bad back community as well. We do have a roller here in the office that we've acquired simply because of the severe amount of back pain that everyone was having. So we just have people rolling out on the floor all the time. Yeah, Friday <laughs> is also going to be massage day for anybody that wants to come by the office. <laughs> so I, that's actually a, a good segue and a great example. So um, let's talk about a company that may be selling a product to relieve back pain like a foam roller. Maybe there's an organization out there selling a product that will benefit from this 
and, and I also mentioned in an earlier podcast, we talked about the buyer's journey and the different stages. So I'm not going to emphasize the, the different stages of the buyer's journey. But what I will do is use this example to talk through that process. So if I'm an e-commerce client and I'm a content strategist within an e-commerce client, the first thing I'm going to my SEO colleagues to determine is, can you help me identify you know, what I should be writing about as it pertains to back pain to sell this product? Um, a foam roller on, on the site, right? So I want to lead people to this product. Help me determine what questions are being asked. What is the demand for those questions? And then, you know, when should I be creating this content? Is there a se- any seasonality associated with that? So that's what I'm going to my team to ask and to provide me insights around that. Or maybe I'm just looking for the data and I'll determine my own insights. So that's the first step. So I may ask the team to look at a set of keywords based off of competitors based on the research that we've done from our consumers that are uh, asking frequently asked questions around this topic. Um, Any other things that as an SEO, we should be thinking about including in this, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the the big data points that we really want to analyze when we're we're looking at this is uh, how do we compare against the other e-commerce competitive set? So as you mentioned, in order to, to be competitive, are we hitting the content length? Are we hitting the keywords and the subtopics? that are going to help us compete for this particular theme. And, and the interesting thing about, especially e-commerce data, and I think e-commerce more so than, than other industries, it's hyper-competitive and incredibly data-driven. But as you said earlier, Marlon, this doesn't mean that we should be fearful of the data. We should encourage the use of that data and elicit that practice in our, in our content production journey. So... Marlon and Jordan, what I'm hearing is that, you know, as the content strategist and as the SEO, Marlon, you would essentially go to Jordan and say, hey, I need data on bad backs. Where is their query opportunity? How much content do I need to write to rank? And what are the priority keywords for each specific topic? That's really the type of data that you're looking at. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and oftentimes I'm able to see seasonality around those keywords. I'm able to look at other metrics to help me determine, you know, the likelihood that my domain um, and my content will rank for those keywords as well as when I should be writing it. Then I think the, you know, the second part, as I mentioned earlier, using this this example is the intent. So it is is likely that out of that initial keyword research, there are going to be different types of keywords and, and search terms that I want to go after. But then my next step is to determine what is the true intent that a prospective customer may have around this keyword. So, you know, when I started my search, when I, when I started having these back problems, the first thing I looked up was lower back pain, right? Just give me some general information around the causes, you know, potentially what it could be. And, and so the, the first few pages that I, that I looked at, it was, they're, they're long. It's a lot of text-based content, long form content. As I mentioned before, this typically falls into the want to know, right? If you look at any keyword that falls into the want-to-know intent-based search, it's typically going to be text-based content. One of the other terms I looked up was low back pain relief, and it produced very different type of search results, Um, more videos, more stretches, more how-tos. So typically, this falls into the want-to-do category. I want to know how to relieve my back pain. I want to take an action against this. And so what Google is telling me is that that the, the content that is most engaging for target audiences around this particular search is going to be more instructional, right? It's going to be, and, and it may have more media elements included in that. So those are two examples within the intent-based phase of this, of this process. 
podcast. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about evaluation. Once you have your content strategy down, you've looked at your data, you've understood where there's an opportunity, you're figuring out what the customer's intent is with their query, and you go through your production phase, you're making the right length of content, and you're making sure that it's the right fidelity, whether it's video, text, imagery, whatever it may be. Jordan, talk to me a little bit about how Google evaluates the content. Is it as simple as they just look at you know, clicks and time on site to figure out if a piece of content is valuable? That's a great question, Ben. And uh, we talk about this here at Search Metrics. We, we talk about one word predominantly. And, and I'm sure that the folks at Google do the same thing. And they, and they look at this from, from the lens of engagement, right? So ultimately, what every author or producer of content wants is engagement. They want consumers, users, uh, visitors to be connected, to be, to be fulfilled, to ultimately reach their goal or their objective, whether it's through those micro moments that Marlon mentioned, or it's through another medium that that same site can provide. So kind of like the follow through that that site might have, maybe you know related content like ads or lead forms or, or, or other activities that can take place. But ultimately, it always comes down to engagement. And the funny thing is that engagement is a pretty subjective and free-form topic. And so there's a lot of different paths that you can go down to measure that. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit. You know, when you're talking about measuring engagement, it is a relatively, let's call it a black box, you know, what Google considers engagement. Um, what are some of the ways that we evaluate engaging content at search metrics? So for the SEO folks uh, that are listening, you're, you're going to love this little bit of a historical walkthrough for us because this isn't a new topic for Google and for us as SEOs. Really engagement about 15 or so years ago for Google started off with the focal point of links. So Google kind of said, hey, if your content has more links, then those are kind of like votes and votes is a form of engagement, right? It's a way for people to validate the usefulness or the authority of your content. The interesting thing is that today, there is a plethora of engagement metrics that Google is using. And I'll just go over a couple of them very quickly. 
Some of them are user-based, like you mentioned, Ben, things like time on site, click-through rate, elements like that. Other engagement metrics include you know, the user's ability to be fulfilled with an action. So basically conversion rate. And are they actually completing the actual task that should be taking place on the page? Other engagement rates or engagement data points that Google might use is how users might engage with your content through different SERP elements. I know that's a, that's a tricky one, but like the SERP is no longer just about a blue link. There are site links, there are embedded elements, there are knowledge graphs and answer boxes. And so as a collective whole, how are users on Google engaging with those various SERP experiences? And then finally, a big one and a super subjective one is brand and brand awareness. So how many times is your brand being mentioned? How are you investing in other more traditional forms of marketing? All of those elements are now dictating an algorithmic formula for engagement. So essentially what you're saying is that Google is taking a broad look at the internet as a whole and looking at what your brand strength and power is um, and that they're factoring that into your search results as an interpretation of how engaged people are with your content. If they are talking about you broadly where Google can see you, you must have an engaging brand. And then they're factoring in the traditional links and how people are engaging with the other SERP elements as well to try to put together a, a holistic score of how interested in your content the consumers are. Absolutely. I even think, to get a little scary here, I even think that Google's getting to the point where they're actually measuring sentiment on brand to see positive versus negative sentiment and using that as an evaluation as well. But I mean, now we're going really down into the to an engagement level that's, that's much, much more granular. So when I say search metrics is great, search metrics is wonderful, search metrics is the best, you're saying that when we publish this podcast transcript onto our blog, me stating the value of search metrics and talking about it positively actually affects our SEO performance. You and if our collective audience reciprocates, yes, I think it, I think it takes critical mass, right? Okay, everybody say it with me. Search metrics is great. Search metrics is great. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about you know the SEO interpretation of ranking factors for content. What I'm hearing is there's really one ranking factor, right? There is how people are engaging with your content. It's not like the technical ranking factors where we're looking at time on site and mobile responsiveness and you know what your crawl metrics look like. It's really you have content, are people engaged with it and your brand? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think the big thing is that engagement, as we, as we mentioned in the beginning, is a rather subjective form and there's a lot of ways to solve it. Okay, so let's talk through some of those ways that the user base can optimize for engagement. We mentioned that some of the sort of Submetrics are time on site, mentions, link building. This is getting out of, hey, how do you produce a piece of content and publish it so Google ranks it? It's getting into how do you syndicate that content and drive performance metrics that are generally measured in other channels like you know social and, and PR. Talk to me about what some of the strategies you guys can suggest that are going to help boost content engagement. Curveball. That is a phenomenal question, Ben. And I think before we go into some very specific examples into how you can improve your engagement, I think it's important for all of our listeners to 
understand that this is exactly where the SEO, the content owner, and the website or webmaster, that marriage, that connection between those three groups is super critical because engagement isn't a standalone effort from the SEO, the content producer, or the website builder. It's a connection between all three. And ultimately, the best advice we can give you is test, test, test. Because that's where you're going to get your best results is by evaluating different content forms and types and improving those, as well as changing different layouts and experiences through your web design, and then connecting that with the data and insights that you can gather from your SEO. And Jordan, I think there's one other individual or maybe a broader set of individuals that I throw in there. And I think that's the digital marketer or the broader marketing organization. And Ben, I know that you have quite a bit of experience in in this space. So we'd love to get your input here. From your perspective, what are some effective strategies for distributing that content so it's going to perform well and meet those other engagement metrics? Yeah, um, <laughs> you're, you're turning the tables on me here, Marlon. But I'll, I'll use the back pain and maybe the the foam roller uh, example that we had. Um, I think the one of the biggest pieces of advice that I have, and we do this, you know, with all the podcasts here at Search Metrics, is breaking your long form content down into short form content that's made for distribution across multiple channels is something that's a really powerful tool. This is kind of a a page of the Gary V playbook. But let's take this podcast as an example, or maybe we have a video about how to do our stretches for back pain, or you have a back pain podcast talking about some of the problems that people face and how they've overcome their objectives. You know, you can take the multiple different types of fidelity, you know, your audio and your video content and transcribe them and turn them into blog content and your written long form content. And that's great. Um, I think what you want to do is take a lot of that longer form content and break out the highlights and some of the mentions that are relevant to other people that are in your industry um, or talking about you know specific people in your content. So for example, if I have a video about back pain and I'm using our foam roller, but I'm also using an inversion table and I have a personal trainer that's working with me, what I might do is take cuts of those videos, splice them up, and then send it to the company that creates the inversion table and to the trainer and have them syndicate the part of their content that we mentioned in ours on social networks. You know, the example maybe for this podcast is we transcribe our podcast, we summarize it, we create shorter form content. When we mention somebody, we try to give them the snippet of the content from this podcast So they share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. And now we're building an engagement strategy that is more social than it is specifically SEO. But I do think that that feeds into the overall brand engagement. It gives you more impressions. And it also helps Google interpret how powerful your brand is and how relevant it is across multiple different channels. No, I, th- I think that that's, that's an excellent summary and, and it, it encapsulates the, the true opportunity and challenge that exists with content, which is you know the utility of it and mapping it to the intent and, and the medium by which you're, you're distributing that content is absolutely a, a recipe that's critical to not only your SEO success, but to your audience's success. And one thing that I'll add for all of my SEO friends out there listening is there's a huge opportunity for you to evangelize the effectiveness of employing good SEO and content strategy. 
simply by providing the content teams with reports. Help them understand how their content is performing, um, what value they could perceive from executing a strategy that's similar to this in the future by simply helping them understand the performance of their content on an individual page level if, if you're able to. So I think that one thing in terms of advocating for having great and effective SEO strategy within a content strategy is to start with showing them the fruits of their labor. I think that's really important and the key piece that we can't overlook is that communication. Yeah, I think my my biggest takeaway, you know, as we talk about ranking factors specifically, this being ranking factors month, that with content, you know, there is really one key ranking factor. So it requires a lot of collaboration across multiple different teams to optimize for that ranking factor, which is engagement. If you're a content strategist, you need to be partnering with your SEO to understand where the opportunity is and what queries you're likely to create. If you're an SEO, even when you feed that data to your content strategist, they have to then go and understand what the user intent is and produce great content. And then as that content is published, you know, the engagement score really matters. You need to be able to syndicate that content. And so now you're working with your broader marketing team to try to make sure that your content is broken down into shareable chunks and shared in the appropriate channels. So while there might only be one primary ranking factors for content to optimize for that, it really is a complicated team effort. That's that's a great summary. And I just like to add it, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, we're here to help at Search Metrics. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And if anybody has back pains, we're here to commiserate with you. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, Search Metrics' CEO, and Marlon Glover, our content team lead. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan or Marlon, you can find their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes, or you can contact them on Twitter where Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. And Marlon's is Marlon underscore Glover, M-A-R-L-O-N underscore G-L-O-V-E-R. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have any general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can tweet me at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in a few days. 
Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.